0: Hi, this is the Personal Synthesis podcast. With me is the creator of Personal Synthesis, Dr. Nesh Popovic. Good afternoon, Nesh. How are you? I'm
1: fine. I'm well. uh, Thank you. How are you?
0: Very well. Thank you.
1: Okay. Today we are talking about importance and it's this Quite an important topic, actually. It is about uh, what matters to us in our lives and how we can regulate that mattering. The first thing that I want to say is that importance, to a great extent, is subjective. In a way, most of the things that we ascribe importance to are not important in themselves, but we project importance Um. onto them. This is significant because it means that you can do something about that. Because that importance is not something objective that is in these things or activities or values or principles that, or behavior that you ascribe importance to. Therefore, you can actually change, affect how much importance you give to various things and what is important and what is not for you. So let's start with a question. What is important for you, Bobby?
0: For me, the most important thing is that uh, people that I love are well, that they are happy. I know that may sound shallow, but it is true. Uh, nothing is more important to me than that. It's a priority because I somehow feel that uh, my happiness often depends on the happiness of the people that I love. I also attach uh, great importance uh, to love. Right. I, value, I value that feeling which I believe is often uh, neglected in today's world.
1: Okay. So you're saying that the happiness of other people is important. And you also mentioned in your view that this is a bit shallow or something like that. So are you happy with that those things are important for you?
0: Uh, Yes, of course. Like with all people, sometimes my immediate desires mix into that hierarchy of importance. (laughs) For example, sometimes because it becomes most important in the moment to fulfill a current, uh, I don't know, wish or impulse. But the most important thing for me, it's that people I love are happy.
1: Right. So how about the air that
0: you breathe? Is that important? It's becoming more and more important <laughs> for me because it's not a good air. It's not a good air, yeah,
1: yeah, because of the pollution, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that's
1: very interesting because, actually, the most important things for us, such as air that we breathe, we take usually for granted. And we don't think much about that. We only start thinking about it if something goes wrong. And I want to come back to that because we often set those priorities in not exactly the right way. But let's discuss a little bit more about those things that are important for you. You mentioned some immediate desires and so on. Can you give us an example of those things that are relatively small, but they become very important at the point when you want them?
0: Yeah. For example, to buy something, satisfy a craving for something sweet or some food. What kind of food? Something sweet. Yeah, but give me an example chocolate or chocolate, chocolate,
1: chocolate, chocolate. For me,
0: it's chocolate.
1: And when you want that, it's really important to that extent that you forget about everything else, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, In the moment, yes. Um... In that moment,
1: yeah. This is one very interesting characteristic of our mind that somehow we can actually focus on something that is totally insignificant in our lives. Let's say you play, you mentioned in one of the previous episodes, you play a computer game and suddenly that becomes far more important than other things at that moment. Or let's say you also mentioned watching football and so on, and watching those games gets disproportionately important at that point when somebody's yeah. about to score a goal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's very, very difficult to kind of keep things in perspective when things are happening. Yeah. So that's why it's important to think a little bit in advance in why these things matter to us, not not only what matters, but why. So so I know that you like watching football. So what, why is that important for you?
0: Uh, that is excellent question. Uh, I've been thinking about that a couple of days ago because I, uh, I'm really nervous when my team plays, for example. Right my team plays and I don't know I, I think that for uh, that love towards football uh, I'm connecting that love with my childhood mm-hmm. when my grandfather took me to watch the games mm-hmm. when local team plays right. But then I uh, I got love for my team, for the right. same team uh, my father, my uncles, uh, my grandfathers are cheering for, I'm cheering too. Uh, so uh, that is something that is in me for generation. I don't know how to explain.
1: Yes, what you're saying, you associate football with some pleasant feelings and experiences that you had in your childhood and also connected with people that mattered to you when you were a kid, your grandfather yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That seems a reasonable explanation. You have love for football because it reminds you or brings back those feelings that you had in your childhood. Yeah. But I wonder why it matters if your team is winning or losing.
0: I don't know. It's It matters for me because, uh, listen, uh, that love towards football is yeah. uh, closely connected with love towards my team. That, that's
1: fine, but are you saying love is related not only to your team, but to winning and losing too? Would you love your team less if they lost the game?
0: No. Mm. Sometimes I think that I love my team even more if they lose the game.
1: Right. So why do you get nervous before the game? Why, why it matters if they uh, lose I or win? Know. Uh,
0: listen, I don't I, Listen, I never used to be nervous when I was in college, when I had exam or something like that. When I had first date, I would be nervous, but not like that. But when my team plays the game, important game, I become nervous evening before the game. And
1: I yes. don't know why. It's a kind of relatively benign example, and it doesn't matter very much. However, what is significant about that, that you don't seem to be free those past experiences conditioned to give much more significance to something that actually is not that important in your life. If the team will win or lose, they will have a next week or next month, they will have another game and goes over and over year after year and so on and so on. So surely if they win or lose that particular game is not that significant. And yet somehow it is very important for you. And I just wonder if you would like to be more in charge of that It seems that it's kind of not in your control.
0: Yeah, I would.
1: Okay. So let's talk about that now, how we can be more in charge of what is important to us and also to what extent. So in other words, let's see how we can regulate that importance better. Let's start with reducing importance because we more often experience issues with giving excessive importance to certain things rather than not giving enough importance, which we will address later on too. For example, excessive attachment and dependency or overreactions may all be signs of giving too much importance to something. Very often, when we give too much importance to something, it also creates an imbalance, because on one hand, you start worrying, it can lead to being possessive or even obsessive about certain things and on the other hand that creates detachment emotional neglect and detachment from other things so a typical example could be a person who forgets everybody else and everything else when they start a new relationship or more poignant example is the people who have a particular addiction, let's say gambling or drugs or porn or something like that, play so much importance on these things that everything else, as one a person who suffered from addiction told me, becomes black and white, uh, loses color. So nothing else has that kind of importance as uh, these things. These are just some examples showing how important it is to be able to regulate how much importance we give Things. And we have a few suggestions in this respect. One is to kind of separate the object from our desire or a need. So let's say you, you mentioned the chocolate earlier on. Actually, behind that chocolate, your desire and or need is to eat something, sustenance, get more energy, and so on. Now Obviously, when we move from that specific thing like chocolate and you move to your desire and need, that makes a big difference because you can satisfy that desire and need in different ways. So if you move the importance from the object of your desire to desire itself, that gives you more options. The other thing is that also you can examine if that really need and desire is valid. Let me just ask you again, in relation to the importance of your team winning, is that desire for your team to win very important for you? Not, not winning itself, but desire,
0: your desire. My desire? Yeah. Oh, That's a great question. I never thought about it. I think it is important, but... And why is that
1: important? Why that desire matters to you because you're you're not in t- attached actually to your team winning, you're attached to the desire of yours, and I just yeah. wonder why why the desire matters uh,
0: uh, yeah, 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 I understand, but uh, i I don't have answer because I'm thinking the desire is part of me, like uh, why the desire is there and why right. it's important for me, but I know it's here yeah. so every desire that you believe is part of you, it's important. Not every desire. For example, I had a desire to buy the, some computer game.
1: Yeah.
0: I had, I had a great desire. Yeah. I bought it, then I played. I didn't like it much <laughs> and no, I learned that immediate desire towards some things yeah. are not that important. That that was the way that I learned. Okay, so that was not part of you, right? Yeah, it, it was part of me, but uh, it was in that immediate desire. Uh, that was an immediate desire. Well,
1: this desire has deeper roots.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: yeah. I understand that. However, I want to challenge that, that desire was part of you when you were born, before yeah. you went to the first football match with your granddad. Yeah, you didn't. Have that desire, what I'm trying to say here, you were not born with that desire. that respect is not part of you, yeah, it. it's yeah. something that you got conditioned to believe that is part of you,
0: yeah, that is that that's true, yeah, that's true, no, not just with my grandfather, the, that first couple of games with my grandfather, with my father, yeah, but your friends, you yeah all yeah. Older, with my friends, yeah, yeah, with my friends when I was all absolutely I absolutely with my friends,
1: yeah. And that's called in psychology social conditioning. You're conditioned oh, right. by people around you. As children, we are very much open to that kind of conditioning. And conditioning in all sorts of ways. It could be a football, it could be a religion, it could be some kind of beliefs and certain types of behavior, a food that we eat, um, you name it. Almost everything is, to some extent, socially conditioned. Yeah. But it's important to know that, because otherwise, we think that it's somehow part of us, which is not, which is at a certain point in life, we actually adopted these things. And that means that we have freedom to change it if we want to. I'm not suggesting here that you need to change anything, but if you feel like, if you want to change something in this respect so that you don't get too worked up when your team is playing, one thing is to remember that you have actually freedom to choose. That desire is not part of you and you were not born with that and therefore you can make some changes and modify that desire if you want. It's you are in charge and you can do that. The other thing that is very often the case, that importance is a projection of self-importance. So very often we feel entitled because we are important and therefore we should have that. Our desires kind of matter more than anything else. And that very often can take you astray, which is why it matters that you remember that self-importance is insatiable. The more you feed it, the more demanding it gets. Like if your self-importance play part in kind of projecting importance on things around you, you will never be completely satisfied because self-importance, ego, it can get inflated yeah. forever. There's no limit to that. Yeah. So this is something again. When you feel that you're giving excessive importance to something, just to ask yourself: Is it because I'm giving excessive importance to myself? Does that yes. make sense?
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know people, who, I know some people but who are like should, that. Yes. Uh, yes yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I think we all we all know some people who are like that. Of course <laughs> yes. we of course we are not like that, but we know we other not, people. Of like course <laughs> we are not that
0: kind of people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: The other thing that can help in moderating or regulating your importance is being able, being capable of taking a larger perspective. What I mean by that is sometimes people say, don't sweat the small stuff. One of the best ways to reduce importance of something is to look that in the context of your life as a whole. So in simple terms, let's go back to the importance of your team winning or losing, yeah. if you feel that you're getting excessively agitated or, or excited about that, or giving too much importance to your team winning or losing, you can just ask yourself a simple question. To what extent it will better in a year time? How often does your team play? Once oh, a week? Or... Once, or once or twice a week. Once or twice a week. Okay. It is the second week of December. Do you remember if your team won on lost the game in the second week of november last year
0: mm, i cannot remember.
1: you can't remember
0: yeah yeah
1: of course you can't remember because it's totally insignificant and unimportant for you right now but yeah. most likely a few hours a day before the game a year ago you were fretting about that and getting nervous and giving a lot of importance to that True. So yeah. now I'm saying, like, next time, just imagine yourself in a year time that you wouldn't even remember if your team won or lost the game that you're nervous about this time.
0: Yeah, that is something that I will try. I have a similar thing. I, I, I tend to put that in larger perspective. That is yes. my way. I mean, yes. how to control some things.
1: Yes. This is a simple, but quite effective way of doing things.
0: Yeah, it is. Things. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: The other thing that also can be helpful to put things in perspective and reduce giving them too much importance, it's just reminding ourselves of our mortality. Last time, we discussed death and relating to that, and we concluded uh, being aware of our own mortality can actually have positive effect on your life. This is one of those examples. So when you think about, let's say you get upset because you missed the train or, or something like that, something small. Or you made some small mistake or something like that. You get upset about these things. And you think like, okay, you know, you're not going to be around forever. You start thinking about your mortality and that puts things in perspective. Really, like that that kind of um, awareness about mortality reset our priorities very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to think about. Sometimes, however, we actually don't give enough importance to things.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you have an example of that? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 First thing that comes to my mind is the quality of the air you mentioned on the start. How to convey people to give more importance to that. Yes,
1: yes. I I, I don't
0: think that most of people understand how important is that. I think more and more people understand
1: that, but they don't understand because they also don't see the immediate effects of that. Yeah, We take things for granted unless they disappear or unless something goes wrong. So you may take for granted, let's say, your laptop, something like that, until something breaks down. And then it becomes very important and you start getting and You say, oh, I need to fix that and I need to do something about that. You are reminded then how things are important. And this applies to so many things. So let me just ask you one thing. Yeah. if if your toilet seats and your mobile phone disappear, what would you miss more?
0: <laughs>
1: A mobile phone.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. but one, only for one reason. <laughs> I couldn't hear my darling without with that phone.
1: <laughs> yes, Bobby, but that's now when you don't need to go to the toilet, but in few yes. hours with your desperate to go to the toilet. <laughs> then <laughs> I wonder if you would change. This may be a joke, but we really can calibrate our importance better when we imagine that things that we take for granted are not available, not around anymore. This particularly matters in relationships. Actually, one of the problems with uh, close relationships, so be it with your children or parents or grandparents or friends or partners, intimate partners, is that after a while, we start treating them for granted. We forget how important they are, actually. So one way to avoid taking for granted, particularly people who, who matter to you, is to imagine that they disappeared. They are not around anymore. You don't need to imagine that they died or anything that dramatic. It's just imagine that they they are not around they're gone. And then kind of just imagine your life without them. That would help you reset your priorities. Also, we know something should be more important to us, like, let's say, doing something or preparing for an exam or something like that. But there's always other things that grab our immediate attention and so on. So another way of increasing importance of something is to invest in that. The more you invest in something, the more important it will become. And it doesn't matter what you invest. Invest what you can. It could be your time. It could be your thoughts. It could be emotions, effort, money anything else. But the thing is, the more you invest in whatever, the more important it will become for you. And you can do a simple experiment. Take something that doesn't matter to you at all. Let's say some kind of box that you have in the house that it doesn't matter to you at all. But then invest into that box. For example, invest your time and effort by making it Nicer doing some kind of drawing or something like that on that box or invest money into embellishing that in, in certain ways and, and so on or, or think about that box, uh, spend some time uh, like observing that, looking thinking about it. You will see it will become more important. And by the way, the vice versa applies too. If you want something to be less important, let's say your football team, winning or losing, you can just simply de-invest your energy, your emotions, your thoughts. Just don't think about it. And you will see in time it will become less important. Before we leave, I just want to add very briefly something on so-called the Goldilocks principle, Because because some of our listeners may say, okay, so you're saying that we can increase importance in something or decrease importance in something, but how do we know when we need to decrease or increase importance and so on? There is no rule about that, because as I said at the beginning, the importance is to a large extent subjective. You project the importance of some things, so it's up to you. But as a rule of thumb, it is best to keep importance within a certain range, as in the Goldilocks tale, not giving anything either too little importance or too much importance. Just not get getting to the extremes in either direction.
0: Okay. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Nesh. I think this was very helpful. And I would like to remind our listeners that they can uh, read more about importance on our website, personalsynthesis.com. Thank you, you, Bobby. You. Bobby.